1: Hello again, everybody. It's episode 247 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network, CLNSmedia.com. Follow us on Twitter at CLNS Media and also follow us for Patriots and NFL news at Patriots CLNS. You can also follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash CLNS Media. I'm Mike Petralia, Trags. I am joined once again by Mike Giardi of NBC Sports Boston and NBCSportsBoston.com. I got it all out this time without stumbling over <laughs> myself, unlike the last time I had you on. How you doing, Mike? I'm well, Mike. How are you? I'm good. Uh, it's the Patriots offseason. What else are we going to talk about? Tom Brady. <laughs> OTAs begin this week. Uh, they actually began on Monday. Tom Brady, not there. Rob Gronkowski, not there. Gronk could show up any day now, but I don't think Tom Brady is going to for a while, uh, probably not until the mandatory minicamp, and there was, there's all this speculation out there, um, and I, here's what I think, I don't think it's that big of a deal with Tom, I don't think it's a red flag per se, I know your sister company, Pro Football, you um, uh, yeah, me football talk. yeah, Pro Football yeah, pro Talk football said, you know, anytime Tom Brady or the starting quarterback doesn't show up, it's a red flag. I don't see it that way. I think, you know, should, would he like to be paid more than the $14 million base salary number? Of course he would. But if this were really about the money with Tom, it's one phone call to Robert Kraft, and it gets worked out with the football ops. I, I don't know. That's the way I look at this. Mike, how about you?
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, so I got, you know, people should I be worried? uh, Or, you know, you get the reverse, you know, you guys are making too much out of this. What we know is other than that brief period between, I think it was 2008 and 2010, uh, he doesn't miss any of this stuff. Um, And, you know, going through some, some, uh, some logs of sound uh, yesterday, you know, found multiple occasions where he talks about, you know, the value of OTAs and, you know, you, you say to yourself, what do you need to be here for? And then, you know, you know, we've been through this a million times and it lays the foundation for a good training camp, which lays the foundation for a good start of the season, which lays the start, the foundation for being in good position for the second half of the season, which leads us to the position to, to being in good position for the, for the post season. So um, he said that repeatedly, he's talked about the importance of it, the value of working with the receivers and trying to get on the same page. And, um, you know, just to, the little seven on seven, eleven on 11, you know, look, they're not in full pad, but there's competition here. Um, so to me, this isn't about family, as he has sort of said multiple times, this is about, I think, a remaining dissatisfaction with Belichick's decision to get Guerrero out of there. Um, the, the not feeling appreciated. I do think money plays, Some role in it, but I would put it far down the list. I think it's,
1: to me, it's more
0: about, yeah, like, you know, I I guess uh, we we were talking yesterday, it was like, on a scale of one to 10, where would you put your, where would you put your heightened panic meter? And I said, like, a six and a half. You know, like, he's not here, and I, I, I can't think that that's good and doesn't say a lot of good things about the overall relationship that he has with Belichick and the team, but he's Tom Brady. He's going to be here for mandatory minicamp unless he changes his mind. Everything I've been told was they expect him to be there. He expects to be there. Um, So, you know, push comes to shove. You you expect him. He'll be there when it matters the most. And you expect him to be exacting uh, and, and specific and pushing himself to levels like he always does because he wants to be successful and he wants to win. So, uh, I can't go crazy yet, but I don't like sort of the precedent that he's setting.
1: So I kind of disagree with you here, Mike, and that's why I have okay. you on, because you and me hate each other, and we love to yes. hate each well, I was
0: going to say, you're always wrong, so go ahead, let everybody know why <laughs> yeah, but you, know
1: what? you disagree with me. Y- you know what, Mike, I'm not afraid to be wrong, but here's my theory. <laughs> <laughs> um, it does go back to the Tom versus time, and I do think it's more about – pressure from the family to be around more in the off season. here's what i think i think tom made a deal with giselle to get that two-year extension so to speak air quotes mm-hmm. here spend more time with the family in the off season, and you can play two more seasons that's what i think
0: uh, i i don't doubt that there is a a part of the family pull i just like so you know you you He's doing all these other things. Like if he's working out with with Guerrero and he's doing the TB12 stuff and and he has been, by and large, from all I can tell, he's been around a better part of this period of voluntary workouts, then what's the the harm in just ducking in there? You're not spending eight hours there. It's four hours. It's six hours. Yeah, but, Mike, you know that.
1: When you're with the family and you're, let's say, you're wherever they go for vacation, um, you know, if they go to Costa Rica. Places
0: places you and I can't
1: afford. That is correct. They're Island on Costa Rica, whatever. You, You name it. When you go away and you're on vacation, you're on vacation. And you know this. You're a parent. I'm a parent. When you go away with family, and especially kids under the age of, let's say, 13, okay, you want to be with them all the time and spend all day with them. And when you're ducking out, like you say, to go to Foxborough, that's that's a different deal. I mean, you're mentally, you're still dialed in to football when you're doing that.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm curious, Mike. When he when we finally do get to speak with him, and I forget if he speaks at, at, at the tail end of OTAs or not. I haven't really. I guess I was still busy trying to find the stuff from from previous OTAs I didn't check to see, you know, what his schedule has been like the last couple of years, but I'm curious to see what happens when, you know, say I ask him, okay, well, I, I just want to read you back something that you said uh, a few years ago and, you know, talking about the overall importance of it. Now, how do you, how do you reconcile what you said a few years ago with your actions now? Um, and I'm curious to see what the answer is going to be. Well,
1: I'll tell you what, what it's going to, what I think it's going to be. Times change, family changes, and perspectives change. Uh, not so much the perspective, but I think his life situation changes, and I think that's what he's going to tell you. I'll read the quote because you tweeted it out yesterday, and good on you. You got a lot of social media interaction. That's why you're Mike Giardi, the Twitter star. <laughs> Here's his quote from June 12, 2013, that you tweeted out on Monday. You think. God, it's just another OTA in the springtime, and it's not that important. And all those things that could probably enter your mind. But the truth is, this lays the foundation for the start of training camp. If you have a good training camp, it usually means a good start to the season. And a good start to the season leads to a good position entering the second half of the season, which leads to a good playoff. So everything ends up having some significance to it. Now, that's the end of that quote. What I thought was very interesting uh, when you retweeted Ryan Hannibal early in the day, your mm-hmm. sub-comment on this, I thought, like, hit it on the head. It is until the time you say it isn't. Look forward to hearing his views on that quote when he finally has to talk to the media.
0: Yeah, I, I, again, I, I really i am intrigued by the idea that, look, and I, and a lot of people say, well, you know, he's, he's about to be 41, and, you know, five years difference, life changes. No, absolutely, life changes. But on this front, he has been steadfast in talking about the steps you have to take to be successful, the steps he's had to take to be Tom Brady year in and year out, and that includes putting the work in. And when you're putting the work in on your own, no, no one's questioning whether or not he's doing what he needs to do to be physically ready, right? right. I mean, we know that he's, he's throwing. We know that he's doing his pliability and his bands and his, whatever Alex has got him doing. He's doing all the things, working with his throwing coach. He's doing all those things. So you know that he's physically going to be ready to come in um, and and compete at a high level. But all the stuff about you know, let's put it this way: I was we're kind of thinking about this. It's it's this this period is not so much about him as it is about everyone else. It's about Jordan Matthews. It's about Kenny Britt. It's about Malcolm Mitchell. Correct. Uh, I, I buy that. About, you know what? So. The, he, we, we don't worry about him finding his level. We wonder about whether the other guys can get on the same page with him. And this is part of the process in building that. And if you're going to stay away from them, and then maybe you're going to invite guys to your place in, in Montana this summer, but it's only going to be, you know, it's not like he invites the entire receiving crew, or at least he hasn't in the past. You know, it's been Edelman and Amendola, you know, Gronk, whatever, that these guys are missing out on opportunity to work with him and sort of lay the foundation for what, you know, they hope will be a successful season and they hope will be, we're on the same page with him. And it's up to them, not Brady. It's up to them basically to get to his level or to to understand how he thinks and sight adjustments and all that stuff. And if he's not here, you're just postponing and you're pushing back their development. And how many times have we seen him over the course of his career, um, be frustrated with guys, inability to, you know, whether it be Aaron Dobson and Josh Boyce from a few years ago, uh, Taylor Price, some older receivers like Ocho Cinco and Galloway. And like, you can go back, there's this list of guys that haven't caught on. And there's always been the conversation about, well, you know, we're just not seeing it the same way. He's not doing it the way, you know, we need to do it. I, I need to do it. And Tom Brady, I need him to do it. So that to me is the is really sort of the the big thing about him not being here that, and of course the fact that he's the leader and you're, you're the leader of your football team is not, is not participating while everybody else is. And by the way, a lot of those guys have kids too.
1: It's a double whammy, I think, for Bill Belichick. Here's why. He didn't get his quarterback and Mike Giardi's quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> right? Uh, that yep. He was the guy that was going to take over uh, for Tom Brady. And because the Patriots didn't select him in the first round and get another protected year out of him, uh, we know the story by now. It's been, you know, rehashed millions and millions of times, uh, but he didn't get Jimmy Garoppolo. And now he's dealing with this drama with Tom Brady, what is going through Bill Belichick's mind, and do you think this drama bothers him more than others?
0: Yeah, because I think he understands. the I mean, look, you're not you're not anything if you don't in this league without a good quarterback. They're fortunate enough to have a great quarterback, maybe the greatest of all time, right? So, and for years and years and years, one of the reasons why this program has worked is. You know, we talk about the appreciation and the the Tom wants and the, the hard coaching. If Tom can take the hard coaching, then then who am I as you know, whatever the left guard or the right tackle or the third wide receiver? Who am I to to bristle at it and not want to accept it? No, no, no. If Tom accepts it, that's what's got to be best for the team. So I got to accept it. And he's he's not here. Belichick can't do that. And then you know today, Belichick is Tuesday. Belichick's supposed to speak. What's he going to get asked about? Not about you know, uh, at least not at the beginning. Not about you know, Sony Michelle, and not about.
1: Uh, I'm here to talk Rocky about Barrios. the players that are here.
0: Oh my God! But he's going to get you know. There's going to be Seven News is going to be there. It's going to be it's going to be a bleep show, and it's going to be all about no Brady and no Gronk. Are you comfortable with this? How are things? Did you have your meeting? And he's just going to have to repeat over and over again. I'm here to talk about the players that are here, not the players that aren't. But that's telling, and you know that got to go up is uh, you know what his time quarter sideways. He can't he can't like that. He doesn't want to talk about that.
1: Yeah, I, I think Bill will manage a way to get through it all, though.
0: Yeah. Oh well, you know he's he's already <laughs> he's already stealed himself. You know he's like oh, I'm going these guys. are going to have a lot of fun with me today. You know.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm sure uh the feeling is is definitely mutual. Speaking with Mike <laughs> Giardi of NBC Sports Boston and NBC dot com. want to tell you about a new wellness brand for men it's called hymns for specifically 66 percent of men lose their hair by the age of 35 thing is when you start to notice hair loss it's simply too late it's easier to keep the hair you have than to replace the hair you've lost is that hairline slowly starting to move backwards any bald spots yet here's a solution forhims.com it's a one-stop shop for hair loss skin care and sexual wellness for men thanks to science baldness now can be optional hims connects you with real doctors and medical grade solutions to treat hair loss there's no waiting room, no awkward doctor visits, and you save hours by going to 4hims.com. My listeners get a trial month of hymns for just $5 today, right now, while supplies last. See the website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or pharmacy. Go to 4hims.com slash trags. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash T-R-A-G-S 4 dot com slash track. speaking with mike giardi of nbc sports boston and NBC sports boston, uh, dot com. let's talk about gronk i mean it's the other major drama now this story is about money it's all about money right
0: for sure yeah i don't think there's any question i never even really bought the, the notion that he was thinking about retirement um i i felt like all along he, he's you know his people have talked uh you know, more off to the side than directly about the idea that he is uh, as important and indefensible a weapon as there is in the league. And therefore, even though he's a tight end, he should be paid more like Antonio Brown at $17 million and, and Julio Jones at $15 million. And uh, then you see all the contracts this this offseason, the, the stupid, you know, Sammy Watkins getting $16 million a year. Right. Which, I mean, come on, that's just absurd, but that's the, that's the market right now. Um, and I felt like, the uh, all along it was like, oh, you see all this money and some of it needs to come to me. I shouldn't be at nine, $10 million a year. I shouldn't have to have $5 million worth of incentives tacked on. Um, because of what I'm capable of doing on the field, what, what I, you know, my value to your offense and to your franchise. Um, I think the funny thing about this track is, so I was told the story that when he signed his big extension years ago, right, um, that, that made him the highest-paid tight end in the league. And then obviously it's become dated because the, the money continues Six to go years, up. Six years, fifty-four
1: million in two thousand twelve.
0: Within the first year, he was asking for a renegotiation, right. and had to be told, "Well, first of
1: all, Rob, uh, you,
0: you can't do anything until one year from the last renegotiation. <laughs> That's the way the league rules work." He said, like, "Oh, you know, okay." um but so that's i think all along uh he, you know he produces and then he wants to get paid for what he produces and um uh, you know you, there's obviously been years where he's been hurt and not, he's not offering to give money back um so it kind of puts the team in, a, in a in a in an interesting spot but i think that conversation a couple of days after the uh the ill-fated press conference there that he had for what was the monster, monster energy, energy drink or whatever yeah and, yeah, and Supercross. I, I, yeah, I think that after that, the the, the they, they had a little bit of a, uh, a come to Jesus meeting with Belichick and Rosenhaus, and I think the foundation, uh, if it hadn't already begun to be laid for for a new deal, was certainly discussed and 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 furthered from Drew there. Rosenhaus told...
1: could not have signed off on that, Mike. Right? I mean, he couldn't no, have thought that no, was no, good no, PR.
0: No, no, absolutely not. So I, I just think that they had that moment: Are you in? Are you out? Yeah, you're in. Okay, fine. We'll 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 make something happen with your contract, and I fully totally expect that there'll be news on his deal within the coming days. Because uh, again, I believe Thursday or Friday is the the one year anniversary of his last renegotiation, so they can put uh, they can put things into writing then, official.
1: So I had Miguel Benzon, uh, terrific uh, uh, cap specialist, uh, especially uh, with regard to the New England Patriots, Pats cap, on last week on the podcast and he his feeling was he's not going to get the antonio brown money that, that you referred to as well mike uh, but some type really? of middle ground between what he's getting now um and you know probably a two year deal you know somewhere maybe between 14 and 15 million uh maybe bonus incentive laden maybe not but he, that that's the number he's looking at
0: yeah i kind of thought more like in that uh thirteen, twelve, thirteen million dollar range. So if he got that high, that'd be pretty good for him. Um and look, I, I wouldn't I don't think anybody can complain um you know, were he to get that sort of cash. I mean he's been when he's been healthy, he's been as important a guy in this league as anybody.
1: No question. And as, as
0: as critical to, to, to Tom's success as anybody. So uh if if that's what it works out for him and he ends up getting that number then then good on him. Then it's then all the noise and the you know, bands make dance hashtags and all that stuff that he was doing all offseason. Uh, you know, in the end, it paid off.
1: Well, I, I will tell you, I do think he's beat up. I do think that his come-to-Jesus moment came in that Super Bowl um, when, well, before the Super Bowl, when, um, again, your sister company, ProFootballTalk.com, um, broke the story on Super Bowl Sunday that, you know, he was giving thought or... Giving putting the idea out there that maybe you know next year isn't a guarantee after this after this Super Bowl Super Bowl Fifty Two, I think his back I think a multitude of injuries started to catch up to him and he just was like get me through this last game and I'm taking some time off to decompress and I think his decompression was going goofy that's that's just my way of I've, I've always read Gronk.
0: Yeah, I would, I would agree with you. I think that that's part of you know, everybody has their process. You know, Tom, I think it's in, Brady gets introspective and, you know, you saw at the end of Tom versus time and what am I still doing this for and getting acupuncture and working on my thumb, you know, three days after the season ends and getting, you know, rub downs on the Achilles and, you know, is it really all, is it, is it worth it? And, and Gronk is more of the, okay, I towed the line for the last six, seven months and now I'm going to go have a little fun and, uh, dance around and, you know, be with my boys and, and do, and do whatever. And, and that's his process. Everybody's got a different one. I don't really, honestly, I don't really begrudge him. I just, at the press conference, just was, as we all have discussed many times, was yep. was in bad de- was in bad form. And not only was he thumbing his nose up as a coaching staff, but I think indirectly he was doing it as a teammates, And I don't think that's the kind of guy that he is. So he just had a bad moment and, and, uh, you know, no, nowhere to rewind, rewind that. Um, it, it happened, it happened and you move on. Um, yeah, I would agree that 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 Gronk is far closer to the end. You know, he's 28, 29 years old. Um, but this isn't something he's not one of – first of all, he's not one of those guys that's going to chase football until he's 35, 36. He's not going to be one of those guys. Um, you know, he's been sparred with his money from all accounts. And, um, you know, that 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 is important. And obviously he's been through and two back surgeries and, you know, the infection in the arm and all these different things that he's had to deal with. Yeah, he, he's – I mean, there's a reason why it's his his father took out an insurance policy on him when he was at Arizona, in case he didn't, he didn't make the league. You know that the, the the body was even uh, troublesome back then. So, yeah, I, I think you're looking at a guy who's probably only a couple of years away from saying, you know what, I'm all I'm all set with this. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go do that WWE or, or whatever it is that, that he wants to do next. But um, in the meantime, you know, like I said, that come to Jesus meeting with with Rosenhouse and, and, and Belichick, I think sort of reaffirmed that at least for this season, you're in, you're, you're, you're you're fully committed to what we're doing. And that's, I think, obviously kind of what Belichick was, was, was looking for.
1: I got to tell you, I'm excited for this draft class. Um, unlike, last year's which was you know could turn out to be a very decent draft class Um, but I'm I'm looking forward to seeing um, this is a much higher profile draft class I think you would agree I'm just looking forward to seeing what I first of all at the top what Isaiah Wynn and Sonny Michelle can do Uh, granted it's as they say you know you're in your underwear it's t-shirts and (laughs) shorts and there's no pads going on but what are you looking for at this point of uh, OTAs from them
0: yeah, I, I think to me it's uh, it's more about you know how do they how how are they receiving coaching, Um you know? Obviously, Wynn is a little bit behind because of the of the shoulder uh, surgery, so I don't know if we'll we'll see him or we'll see it. You know, what sort of stage we'll see him in. Right. But with with Sony Michelle, I think to me the, the the ability to catch balls out of the backfield. Uh, there's there's so much versatility with that player, and then you know, obviously you watch him at Georgia, the explosion, uh, you know, he, he can be a home run hitter for you. So I I can't, I, I'm almost fast forwarding until the end of July, early August, when you finally get to see him in pad and see what that looks like, because I think he has the potential to be a dynamic, uh, weapon for them. And, um, you know, certainly a little bit out of the out of the ordinary for them to pick a running back, uh, in the first round. But I think this kid is, is, assuming those medicals checked out, which, you know, you have to assume they did because they drafted him. Right. That he, that he is, he's going to be something potentially very special for that team. And, and and to me, Win is intriguing because, you know, you, you looked at the side and you said, okay, well, is he really a left tackle? And then I popped in the tape of him playing Alabama. And I'll tell you what, uh, you know, and we know what Alabama turns out, you know, their front seven is throwing first rounders in the draft two or three, four every year. Uh, he was excellent in that football game, and then you start going back and looking at other games, and you're like, Man, he was really good then. He was really good then too. So I think, I think the plan is for him to, to at least take a stab at left tackle. And if it doesn't work, um, or if Brown is better, then he slides in and maybe competes with Joe Tooney at that left guard spot. And I like Joe a lot as a player. I think he, sometimes he physically gets overwhelmed a little bit, and win is a little bit bigger and a little bit stronger so you know the, i i think he's going to play for them if he's healthy i think he's going to play right away it's just a matter of, of where he plays but i really do believe he has the potential to be their left tackle for a long time i think that 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 uh he makes up for his lack of height with with the long arms and he's, he's really athletic and i'm really kind of I'm, I'm really almost almost more fascinated to see how that works than Mich- sonny michelle works cuz i just think sonny michelle's needs it. He's going to plug in and play. I think he's just. I think he's that. He's that ready. But when, because of you know some questions about the position. I, I'm really curious to see how he sort of fits into the into the into the grand scheme of things.
1: Well, and I think Duke Dawson could be uh, a slot corner of the future, and I think they can. Uh, you know, I think they they see him as part of the answer, part of the answer to the loss of Malcolm Butler.
0: Yeah, you 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 get McCourty in free agency as sort of right. a bigger corner. And then and then you get this kid and you know from all accounts he's a he's a smart physical football player uh and, and capable of doing some good things in the slot and that's you can't you can never have enough good corners. Um and you know, obviously Butler, you know how that ended and where he ended up, but you bring in someone like McCourty, a veteran who I think still got some gas left in the tank. Then you bring in this young player, you got Eric Rowe in the last year his contract. A couple developmental guys. I think they've got enough bodies there that they should be able to find a, a pretty, uh, pretty good combination opposite Stefan Gilmore.
1: How can people follow the one and only Mike Giardi on his spectacular Twitter feed?
0: <laughs> that is at uh, Mike Giardi, G I A R D I. Come for the fun, frivolity, and the occasional insults. Uh, I provide them all.
1: I, and I would also like you to plug uh, your employer who uh, does a great job keeping you employed.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they really have to uh, swallow sometimes a little bit harder That's NBC Sports Boston, NBCSportsBoston.com. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm usually uh, contributing on the uh, early edition program with one Gary Kangway and Tony Kuznarek. Uh, we will be wrapping up uh, game four from Cleveland and obviously talking a lot about what Bill Belichick said or didn't say today at OTAs.
1: Thanks, Mike, for coming on the show. Thanks again, everybody, for downloading today's Patriots beat. I want to once again thank our terrific guest, Mike Giardi from the aforementioned NBC Sports Boston. You can also give us a follow at Patriots CLNS and at CLNS Media. Of course, give my own personal account a follow if you would. At Trags, T-R-A-G-S. Today's sponsor, for hymnscom For Patriots content manager, Mike Alangi, CLNS Media executive producer, Larry H. Russell, the founder of the network, Nick Gelso, Thanks to everyone who tuned in. This is Mike Petralia, and this has been the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. What's going on, Past Nation? This
0: is Marvin Zun of the CLNS Media Network, and I'm here to tell you right now to check out the CLNS Media New England Patriots postgame show hosted by myself and my co host mr mike nice and live on clns radio immediately after every single pass game calling at 929-477-2386 toll free to get your voice heard and contribute to the host breakdown and analysis of the latest patriots contest we also got the stars and sorries of the day twitter posts for the plays of the game and everything else that is going on with the five-time super bowl champion